How are you guys doing? Welcome over to the channel. This episode is sponsored by Atlas VPN. Thank you so much to them for sponsoring these videos. I'll tell you guys right now, we can we couldn't do these videos without these kind of sponsors because a lot of these videos aren't monetized out the gate. So I have to say thank you to them real quick. So thank you so much to Atlas VPN for sponsoring this video. Make sure to check them out as well. You guys need to. The link's very top of the description. So this is actually somewhat very disturbing. It's actually really disturbing news. Uh, it's going to be bringing us back literally to the 80s, full-fledged. The president of Nicaragua, Daniel Ortega himself, has actually invited Russian armed forces to enter his country for the second half of 2022, which we're in the second half now. It is June. So now... The people inside of Russian State TV are loving this and are calling for arms to be placed upon a hill, which I don't really honestly know what they're going with this. Uh, I, I don't know. Anyway. Ну и самой неприятной для США вишенкой на этом демократическом торте стало сенсационное заявление президента Никарагуа Даниэля Артеги. And lucky for us, a lot of the Russian sources I sift through are so excited about today. They are so excited. They've actually created an infographic which actually will show you guys the rings and the distances to apparently strike some of fear inside of Americans, which I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, where, where the, literally, these rings are supposed to be like where Russian missiles could actually touch inside of America. The funny thing about this whole Nicaragua thing is they're actually allowed to enter this country for humanitarian purposes. And yet everybody inside of Russia, including Russian State TV and all these Russian sources I see, are literally calling for these, these missiles to be brought in. So Russia, we know they're going to do it because they don't really play by the rules. And I don't really know what rules there is to play. They're just calling humanitarian aid or mission just like they did special military operation, which is nothing more than just killing a bunch of civilians and trying to invade the entire country. Not trying, but actually invading the country. They're going to bring missiles into this zone that's actually going to be able to touch florida was actually one of the areas i love florida it's got some interesting people inside of florida if you guys do not know i mean if you guys ever you, you want to do something funny by the way type your birthday in and type in like florida or something uh it, it will pull up the most wild I, I don't know police report type in like your birthday in police report in florida and it's going to bring up somebody like chasing down an alligator into a pond and wrestling it like florida's wild but Florida was one of the areas that is within the, the reach of the S-400s, I guess. And I, I don't know. I'm just, we're going back to the 80s. We're literally hitting the rewind button and we're going back. We got recession coming. We're, the stock market's failing. It is literally the 80s all over again. Now, after Mari Pufel, uh, there were a few foreign fighters who were actually captured. And honestly, I didn't really know exactly what was to happen. I, I didn't know what was going to happen to these guys. I didn't know. The only thing I knew is that they were going to be paraded around and shown as trophies in which they were. Okay, they, they took many photos of him, they interviewed him and whatnot. But I really wasn't expecting them to receive the punishment they've actually just received. All three of the foreign fighters that were sentenced uh, to death, uh, two of them being from Britain and one being from Morocco, okay, they can apparently appeal this sentencing in a month, but let's be honest, I don't believe anything's going to happen in things uh, when it comes to changing. The, the, they're going to utilize these gentlemen to send a warning to any other fighter that's going to be attempting to enter the war to fight alongside Ukraine. They're literally going to use these men as, as an example for the world. Now, the death penalty, according to the DPR laws, is carrying out by a firing squad. But Russian State TV had something to say about this. And honestly, I'm not super shocked with what the people on the program had to say and what should be done with these, these men. I, I don't know. Now, I do not believe Britain is actually going to allow Russia to, to take back their assets for returning these hostages. And I also believe that Russia knows this. Like, I, I, I do. But if they do decide to actually execute these men, this will do nothing more than kill the relationship between, like, literally any country in the West. Like, let's just be honest with you. If they're going to actually execute, execute men, like, for, for me, when I look at it, they, they think these guys are mercenaries. Okay, cool, call them that. But what is a Wagner group? You know what I mean? 
Like the entire Wagner, that's nothing more than a private private military that Russia is using to take back urban areas within the country because their military can't do it. You know what I mean? Anyway, the real question I have is, is does, does Russia really actually care what the relationship they have with any other Western countries? So real quick, we're talking a little bit about the sponsor of this episode, which is Atlas VPN. If you guys did not know, Atlas VPN has 6 million users worldwide. Atlas VPN also protects all your devices with a single subscription. Stops ads, malware, uh, all, all malicious things that are actually going to attack your family. This is this is even crazier. It's more than just a VPN. It blocks all the malicious links, ads, and trackers. Notifies you when someone is trying to steal your data. You guys get the best deals while shopping online, including online subscriptions to Netflix, Spotify, airlines, hotels, and more. If you guys did not know, this is the best time to get it right now you guys can actually get atlas vpn because they're running a huge discount it means you guys can get a three-year subscription for just a dollar 99 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee time is running out so get your deal right now by clicking the link at the very top of the description or you guys can go to get.atlasvpn.com forward slash speak the truth you guys need to get it go to get.atlasvpn.com forward slash speak the truth to take advantage of this massive discount I use it every single day. Men and women inside of Ukraine use it as well to hide themselves from the Russians from trying to find them. We're talking about uh, journalists, bloggers, uh, anybody that's actually over there actually doing stuff, trying to get info out of there. They're using Atlas VPN. And Atlas VPN wanted me to tell you guys this because it is act- it's is—it's—it's true. It's really They're actually utilizing it and they have stories of it. So make sure to click the link at the very top of the description. Get a three-year subscription for just $1.99 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Thank you so much to Atlas VPN for sponsoring today's episode. Click the link at the very top of the description and check them out. So now we're actually back over here. I'm going to tell you guys right now, there's, there's a few clear indicators that Russia has actually sustained much higher losses than they actually ever anticipated in the East. This video you guys are currently seeing is actually, just, just imagine, a mile-long train full of T-80 tanks that are moving out from Moscow towards the eastern side of Ukraine. They're having to actually physically pull these tanks out of storage right now. Out of storage. And honestly, I wish I could be a fly on the wall in some of these Russian meetings just to get an understanding of what is really going on in their head. When they literally, they literally have to pull more and more and more of these tanks out of storage. Like, I want to hear what they're saying. All right, well, you know, the special military operator, it's going fairly well. Come on, Frank, let's go ahead. We got to pull more of those tanks out because it's going so well. You know what I mean? And the other question I have is how trained are these men going to be when they're operating all these tanks that are coming in? I mean, when you guys think about it, when you lose a tank, you generally just don't lose the tank. You lose the crew as well. That goes along with the tank. So essentially, all these new tanks are going to need new crews. So, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to be very new to actually operating a tank inside of war. St. Javelin is actually doing their work. I'm just going to say that right now. And I mean, this other video is coming in, by the way, as another indication that they've sustained such heavy, like, losses when it comes to their MLS side of things because now they're having to pull these in from trains. Like, literally full trains of this stuff is coming back in. So we got a lot to talk about when it comes to mapping. If you guys are new, red is going to be Russia. Blue is going to be Ukraine. Black is going to be logistical routes. As you guys can see, there's a lot going on actually all over the eastern side of the country. We'll be starting over inside of Lyman. All right, we're going to start in Lyman. Lyman and Izium is going to be an area we're going to talk about as long as severe Nadesk and Papazna. There's a lot going on. Now, it looks like the final major town on the northern side of the Donetsk River has actually been captured by the Russians as they work to push south towards Slovinask. So this is the area I'm talking about right here. Okay. Now they're trying to move their way to Slovinask, but they're going to have quite a bit of issues as they move this way, which we're going to show you here in a second. I really wasn't expecting them to hold this for very long, to be honest with you guys. Just do the terrain that's surrounding it. This area would actually be much easier to defend from the southern side of the river itself. So I'm going to share this video with you guys. I want you guys to take note of this. You guys can actually see the monastery. Okay. Now, if you guys are listening, just imagine there's a monastery inside of a hill, which you'll 
I'll explain here in a second. Uh, this is on the southern side of the river, and as you can see, there's going to be a blown bridge inside the video. Okay, now remember the map we're looking at here. This is the area we're talking about. We're going to move over to the mapping. Okay, so here it is. Here is Svitovorsk, this area. There's the Donets River. You guys can see it right there. There is the monastery I'm talking about. There is also the bridge I'm talking about. That bridge is now blown clearly, as you guys saw. I want, to, I want you guys to see what I'm talking about when it comes about defending. This city is clearly in the lowlands. This area was. Let's go ahead and turn this thing all back around so you can see. Look at the hilltops. This is the areas just north of here that the Russians control. It is all low, all of it. You guys see that? Doesn't matter if you guys go west, or excuse me, east and or west, it's all low. You guys see what I'm talking about? Look at all these hills. I know these are a little bit drastic, and a lot of people say, yeah, that's not going to mean a lot. No, it's going to mean a ton. A lot of, they're, they're not going to, they have to find a way across this area. All the bridges along the Seversky Dennis River have been blown all the way through. And we know what happened the last time they tried to do a river crossing. So when you guys see this monastery in this area right here, just imagine the amount of uh, defensively held positions are along this entire ridgeline. Okay? Now look at this. This entire ridgeline goes over here. Look how far they can see. They're going to be able to call out where the Russian forces are moving and if they are moving. Okay? Now we're going to move back over to the map. So you guys just want to give you guys somewhat of an understanding. Now we're going to move over to Izium. So here's Izium. A lot of fighting took place in Izium about a month and a half ago. They've been trying to push south towards Borbon Cove for, for quite a long time. Now outside of Izium, we've actually seen some movement in the last couple of days. We haven't recently, uh, up until recently that is. Russian forces, which they've actually secured a few small towns, but it looks as if they're back to be trying to actually make another push towards Borbon Cove, like as we speak. Last time they did this, it didn't pan out too well. I have adjusted the mapping. It did actually come down a little bit through here last time, and this area right here wasn't under anybody's control. Now the Russians do control it. They, that's what I'm saying. Those small, those small towns, they've just taken back. Those are the ones I'm talking about. We're going to let this play out over the next couple of days because we know the last time, like I said, they, they tried to push through here, and it was pretty bad. It also looks like the town of Dovenki, which is just right here, that area, uh, it's pretty much been turned into no man's land due to the amount of shelling that has actually taken place inside of the town itself. No, no, neither side really controls the town because there actually hasn't really been anything to control anymore. Like, there, that's what's been said. There's literally nothing there. It looks like the Russians are actually wanting to make a push towards Slovenia. And like I've said, I said this the other day, actually, uh, many Russian sources claim they're going to take this city within the next week, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that is not going to happen. It's, I think it's actually impossible. So when you back up and you actually look at it, what do we got? Bridge here, it's blown. There's a bridge here, it's blown. Bridge here, it's blown. All these bridges are all blown. Last time they tried to actually make it across, what do we know? Oh, it was just over here. One of the worst things that's actually happened in the Russian military so far when it comes to casually sustained. I mean, they have no route coming into the city. Right now, like literally from the north, they have nothing coming in. They'll have to deal with the terrain that's actually like on this, we know right here. Oh my God. South alignment, that terrain's terrible. Like that's an entire valley they have to go through. Imagine having to try to assault through an area where all the defensively held positions are on a ridgeline above you. Like that's going to be, that's going to lead to major, like massive amount of casualties being taken by the Russian side. And all come down to their ability to actually push out of the southern side of Izium because as of now, that's really their only real possible way into the city itself of Slovenas. Like, let's just be real about it. As of right now, this whole area, it's going to take time. They might be able to get through. They're going to have to bring in pontoon bridges, but then those are going to be targeted. Okay. Now, if they were able to actually get across, which that could be a thing, then they can actually push through. That'd be the, the fastest way to enter Slovenas. But right now, the only feasible option is to push down through here 
and or take Barvin Cove and then slide over. That's it. Like as of right now, because other than that, they have to try to get across the river, which has been really difficult for them. So we're going to push over to Severe Nadesk. All right, we're going to go to the close-up map. I got a close-up map I, I, I enjoy a little bit more. So we are talking about urban fighting that is happening inside of this area. Now, Russia's actually lost some ground and has also taken some ground back on the outer city itself. Russians were actually able to take back the town of Medokline. So this area was controlled by the Ukrainians two days ago. It took about two days for them to, uh, to take it back, and then they lost it, and now they took it back again. And they were actually also able to secure a little bit of uh, area on the west side of the city, Severian Desk, as well. But at the same time, they lost more ground on the eastern side of the city. There's extremely heavy fighting. Like, what I mean heavy fighting taking place on the front line within the city itself. And honestly, it's extremely difficult to pinpoint the exact location of the front line because it's ever-changing in an urban environment. I want to be honest with you guys. But I'm fairly confident this is as close to being accurate as you're possibly going to get. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, this is the ground the Ukrainians took back, okay? But the Russians did gain this area. This area pretty much hasn't changed very much. There is a lot of fighting. You guys see this yellow right here? That is very heavy fighting inside of this area, okay? Extremely heavy fighting. The town, okay, we're going to move down. This town of Borovsky, you guys see right here as well? All right, this thing is fairly important for the Ukrainians, as well as the, the main routes that are leading out of the northwest and leading into the backside of the city. It heads straight into the backside of the area that is currently controlled by the Ukrainian forces. So there's heavy fighting inside of this area as well. Okay, now this main route that moves in would move into the backside of the area that's currently controlled by the Ukrainian forces. Now, if the Ukrainians are able to continue along this path on the northern side, the northeast side, you guys see this, of the area they currently control, they'll get in here. Okay, now I could see them. This is the T-1306 route, by the way, the one I'm talking about. Uh, this thing, could, they, if they were able to actually push down this route, they possibly would be able to encircle some of the Russian element inside the city and force them to retreat back. So I think that's what they could be doing. By the way, I know there's, I think the Mir Hotel is about roughly right here, which we saw about four days ago. That's where the Chechenian video was taken. And I know inside of this area is one of the Russian headquarters for the Severe Nadesk region. So just that being, with that being said... That's what we got going on. There's a lot going on within the city. Right now, Ukrainians have pushed forward in some areas. The Russians have as well. It's an urban environment. It's going to be ever-changing literally by the hour. All right, so we're going to move south to Popozna. There is some stuff moving in down here. There's been heavy fighting in the town of Zlody for weeks now. I'm telling you guys right now, the Russians have been able to secure some of the areas surrounding the town. Of uh, It's just south of it. Right here. Katernavika, just south. I guess it would be more southwest, but Zlote is right here, as you guys can see. And then you have Katernavika. Now, the Russians are pushing into there. Now, the Russian sources are claiming to have possibly encircled Zelote, but I'm going to tell you guys right now that for sure is not the case because I haven't seen any indications that Russian troops have actually retreated back towards Hirsky, which would be the spot they would. They would actually push back to here, okay, to try to maintain the route P-66 that moves north, okay? The possibility of this happening is increasing, though. And the Russians are actually able to take the area surrounding the western or southwestern side of Zelote. That, that literally would mean the main routes need to stay under Ukrainian control. Okay, so these main routes that are coming in right here, all those, they need to stay under Ukrainian control. Or it's going to be very difficult not to be encircled. Imagine if they come back around, they're going to have the northern side. They're not going to be able to retreat to Hirsky. So there is that. Now, Russian sources are also claiming that the Wagner Group is prepping for an assaulting element to try and capture the town of Bakhmut here soon. I've actually seen this in multiple different sources. And I'm fairly confident with it. So 
Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm just saying that it's going to happen. Russia has actually relied on the Wagner Group for many of their major offenses, by the way, that have done with urban environments, including the capture of Papazna itself. Now, the main road leading into the city of Bakhmut itself will actually be the main focus of this group out the gate because without the control of this road, they will not be able to get supplies in and out of Nibi. This is the one I'm talking about, this main route. Now, you guys, I want you guys to take note. Remember, this is a ridge line right here. In this whole area, there's a big ridge line here. And there's one here. So this is basically a big ridge line. And this area is a valley. All right. Just think about it like that. Kind of looks like a, a sandwich. The way I drew that, actually. Anyway, Ukrainian troops have actually reported to repel multiple attacks along this road. I'm going to go ahead and clean this up so it doesn't look like a bag. I can't say that. You know what I was about to say. <laughs> but they've actually re reportedly uh, repelled multiple attacks along the road already. And I've been setting up entrenching systems and bunkers on the northwest side of the road to maintain fire control of the road if somehow they were to lose physically control of the road itself. And this is the area I'm talking about. Along this entire route, the Ukrainians have set up areas to where they can control this road if they actually lose control well, the physical road itself. You know what I mean? They can actually hit it with stuff. Now, the Russians have been trying to expand the controlled space near Nova uh, Kamyanka, which is just south here, which is right here. They've actually made it all the way to there. So Nova Kenyanka itself, they've actually taken control of this area, just south of it, I guess you would say. Now, they have moved a little bit of an element that they had recently. The Russians were through here, but they've actually pushed this element south, and I believe they pushed them over here to Nova Kamyanka to actually help push the, that element forward more. Uh, this was most likely done intentionally, by the way. I'm going to look at the 3D mapping for you guys, and honestly, this is nothing more than farmland, and just it would just leave their troops a little bit more uh, exposed to incoming fire, indirect fire, that is. So here we're talking about, there's Nova Kamyanka right there. You can see the area that they did come through is down inside this valley, which I'm going to tell you guys right now, it's a lot easier to get equipment in and out of a valley than it is across ridge lines, especially if you're going to be exposed. So here's one of the ridge lines I am talking about. Yes, there is a road, of course, that's going to lead on top of it, but it's mostly just farmland. So as you can tell, they would have been left out inside of the open. I'm going to turn it just a little bit so you guys can see what I'm talking about. This is the main route that I'm talking about down here in this valley. It doesn't look too crazy through here, but if you were to drive along it, you're going to notice that the entire ridge line across it going into Seversk is going to have, well, it's going to have a height advantage on you if you're trying to get in here. See what I mean? This is the valley that they're trying to take control of that leads into Bakhmut. Okay. We've shown this to you guys a few separate times, but I think it's very, very important for me to show all the, the men and women who come in here who have no idea what I'm talking about. These are the routes we're talking about. These hills. Hills are very, very, very important. Very important. But for the most part, we're going to see them actually do most of their focusing on the cities of Nareen right here and Solidor. Okay. They're going to focus, clearly they're going to put most of their focus on these surrounding areas. Uh, just so if they can take control of one of these areas and or both, they'll gain access and control this main route, which is extremely important. I want to say this again. This main route is extremely important. That main route is extremely important. They're trying to get control of it. All right. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode over here today. Make sure you go to check out the sponsor of the episode, which will be linked in the very top description. I do love you guys. Thanks for having me. I am out.